1: guys we are here with the Hollywood Life podcast um, I am very excited to have my co-host Ali Stignita from her home it's the <laughs> stay at home podcast and this week our very special guest is Lauren Ash. welcome Lauren hi how are you? I'm doing great we're so happy to have you um, <laughs> You have so much to tell us about. I do! You do, because uh, you are one of the stars of Superstore, and um, we are, you know, we're gonna wanna know what's gonna happen, because it was kind of a cliffhanger finale um, for the last season, which ended, you know, not very long ago. And then the new season of she and the Princesses of Power, which you are also a star of. That has just been, you know, dropped again. Well, like, come out again, I should say, on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. And then you have this fabulous weekly podcast that you do called Giving It Up For Less. So, you are one busy lady. I have managed to stay
2: almost insanely busy during this time at home, which is great. I have no time to think about whether or not I'm bored or, you know, yeah. focus too hard on the overwhelming, you know, crushing
1: feelings of what's going on in the world. So it's, yeah, I mean, listen, there's lots to talk about, lots, lots happening. And let me just ask you, because you are a fellow Canadian. You were born in Belleville, Ontario, which is not too far. It's actually very close to Toronto. Yeah. I grew up. So are you, are you still a Canadian citizen? Could you get across the border if you wanted to at this point? I am yes,
2: I am a Canadian citizen I could get across the border if I needed to uh i I do have a green card um earned it you know earned it all by myself I didn't have to get married
1: for it, which is nice um,
2: <laughs> but yeah no i I feel like it's it's uh it's nice to to maintain that citizenship uh, for for a multitude of reasons but if yeah if, if, if things ever hit the fan you know i I, I got a one-way ticket out of here. I hear <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. Well, that's good, and it's just so strange, though, to feel cause like you like that the border is closed. It's just never thought we'd see that in our lifetimes. I no,
2: know, I know it's a wild time, and I feel like I we're all in the middle of it now. And this is something that's gonna be like in history books, you know, like this is like a very uh, historic moment in time. So it's 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 gonna be interesting to see how,
1: how things progress. Definitely. Now speaking of historic let's talk about she and the princesses of power because that is all about women who are strong and leaders. Yeah. And um, I really hope, and I would love to know how you feel, I really hope that these, like a show like she is helping to influence the next generation of young women and girls to grow up and feel that they can be as powerful as all these princesses.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I think... You know, I think what's really cool about about the show is, first of all, it's it's mostly females. There are a couple of male characters, but it's mostly females. And what I love so much is that every one of these princesses is drawn differently. They're different heights. They're different sizes. They're different shapes. They're different, you know, races. They're different uh, orientations. It's it's amazing to see that each one of them is so wildly different from the next but they are all powerful they all have power they all have ways that they shine and there's things that make them unique and special and those things that make them unique and special are what their powers are and i just think it's such an amazing message i think it's important um and i'm really proud to be a part of something that i think is just really kind of showcasing that kind of inclusion and diversity and sending that message that it's like the thing that makes you different that you maybe feel like is is a negative is actually where your power is held and i think that's a really you know important great message
0: i love that i wish i had that when i was growing up i mean i'm sure that there were things like that when i was growing up but i always i actually posted like on instagram the other day how i used to hate my hair so like i mean i wanted to dye it i wanted to cut it off i just hated the color and i would get made fun of for it and now honestly like i don't think without like without it I wouldn't be me and so that you know it's kind of one of those things that I think that's such an important message and now that people are home they can binge it and watch it and really you know hone in on those lessons
2: yeah absolutely and this being the final season you know season five um it's been a really cool journey and we've gotten to see these characters who are very three-dimensional in terms of you know there's nobody that's just an average character I feel like on Shira, it's it's everybody is really kind of multifaceted is, is, is flawed but also um, beautiful in their own ways and it's been really amazing to get to watch each of their you know arcs over the course of five seasons kind of
0: grow and change and it's it's been amazing to be a part of yeah it looks like we lost Bonnie but she'll rejoin okay, great. <laughs> she's recalling in okay um but in the meantime okay so is this the final season of she-ra it is yeah season five is the last season and all of
2: it is currently they they drop it all at once on netflix yeah. so people are binging it like crazy um so this is kind of the wrap-up to the story and i think that they did a really great job in kind of servicing all of the stories and, uh, and also doing things that I know the fans were rooting for. So it's, it's a nice, it's bittersweet, obviously, as somebody yeah. who's on the show that loves the show, but I think it's a really kind of beautiful end to the story. Way to wrap it up for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, now, you know, when it comes to Superstore, yeah. um, you guys did just wrap, um, the fifth season, uh, That's right? It. Was it fifth? Yeah. yeah. Two five, two fifth seasons. I'm like, wait, that's <laughs> also the fifth season. That's weird. It's oh weird. I know. Um, so tell me, you know, when it comes to f- this next season, have you guys discussed how you're going to film it? Are you waiting to ride this out? Like what is, what is, what's going on with that?
2: I don't really have a lot of answers for that. You know, we, we have a call set later this week, so hopefully we'll get to learn a little bit more then about what, you know, everything's looking like and, uh-huh. and what the nature of work even is, you know, um, in the short and long term. So I'm not really sure. I think, you know, there's obviously been no conversations that we've we've had yet um, about what the creative would be or what, again, the work kind of schedule and, and world looks like. But Superstore's always done a really great job at kind of addressing real-life things that are happening in the world, in America, and around the world. And, and I think that, you know, I would assume, I mean, I can't speak to it, but I would assume that, um, you know, we're gonna, this, this is an opportunity to kind
0: of take a look at some things. So, we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, I mean, the people who are working in stores right now are heroes they're, you know, front, they're considered frontline workers. And so just as somebody on this show, I mean, it being in those shoes, kind of, how are you relating to that?
2: You know, I, my first job was working at, in, in Belleville, Ontario, Canada at a Zellers. uh, And, and I, so I worked in one of those.
1: At
2: at (laughs) Zellers. I was in the footwear department and then I got bumped up to cash, which was real nice. Um, but so I've always, you know, coming into this show has always been very surreal for me because I had done this job in my, in my lifetime for a few years. Um, and so now it, it, it automatically, I've always had like a huge level of respect for people who work in those stores, having, especially having done it. I know how hard that job is. And I know how, you know, you're, you're underpaid, you're overworked, you're dealing with a lot of, of humanity that is not always kind. Um, And so, and and expects a lot of you, which is, you know, not fair. Um, But certainly, so that's at the best of times. Certainly during this time, I mean, again, I, I I have so much respect for all of the people who are going to work right now. The, those jobs are allowing the rest of us to survive. Literally, like we need supplies, we need food, we need all of those things. And and you know, again, for a job that I already know how stressful it can be, I can't even imagine the stress right now. And and I I have just nothing but so much love and respect for all of those people. And I feel very thankful for all of those people. And I feel very proud to be on a show in general that represents that group of people and, and who they are and what their world is. And and yeah, more now more than ever, I feel very um, uh, connected to that world and respectful of that world.
0: Yeah, well, I think it definitely poses a great opportunity for the show to explore a new yeah. storyline like that. Oh, I,
1: I fell off there for a second. Like, com- her computer just died well, hopefully it won't do that again I had to reboot it but so I you may have asked this answered asked and answered this already but do you think that when the store when Superstore comes back I mean could you guys all be wearing masks like could you be actually portraying what real life is is like now because I think until there's a vaccine we're all going to be wearing masks when we're out in public. Absolutely.
2: You know, I honestly don't, we, we haven't had any conversations about what the show will look like both in how we're filming it and what we're doing on the show. But, but yeah, I was saying that I feel like obviously there is a new normal now and people keep talking about like when life goes back to normal. And I think that you just touched on something that's very true, which is I don't know that life is ever going to go back to the way it was. I think it's always going to be a little bit different going forward. Even when this is behind us, I think about like, when I used to live in Toronto and I'd ride the subway every day and I'd, I'd touch everything and I'd have my hands on things. And now the idea of that is so, it makes me so anxious. Like the idea of like, right? what do you mean you're touching things? Like, you know, so I, I just feel like um, I'm curious. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely curious to see what, society looks like as we move forward and as we reopen and all of those things are we wearing masks for the next year of our lives who knows you know it could be, is it, you know our, our live events gonna even take place are we gonna see a concert before 2021 probably not you know so I think obviously again I, I I love Superstore and I'm always very proud of the stories that we tell and I think part of our success has always been relating to the real
1: things going on in the world. So yeah.
2: I can't it speak to happen. what's gonna happen, but I would be surprised if this doesn't get addressed.
1: Yeah, because it, it's, it would give you so many storylines. Um, is there any talk yet about how you might go forward and how it could film again? Uh- be discussed. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. No, 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 that's okay. But I mean it's interesting. it's 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 on everybody's mind, you know, and there's all different departments, you know. I'm I, there's so many people that I am friends with on the show. We've been together for 5 years, so a lot of our crew have become close friends as well as the cast and there's so many messages going back and forth that are like, "Have do you guys have any ideas?" and I'm like
0: Nope. <laughs> I was trying to get an answer from somebody because there are no answers. So it's like, well, what are you hearing? You know, it's like I don't know. Call Dr. Fauci. I know, uh, and
2: it's <laughs> also one of those things where we work in an industry where we all work physically very close to each other. Like making a TV show, and I don't think people necessarily know this unless you've you've made one or or been on a set. There is so many people. There are 150 to 200 people every day working to make our show, and we all work in. Physically very close proximity to each other. That's just kind of how it's always been and again the idea now Through our new normal through that lens. I mean, I have no idea I don't know what that looks like. I'm sure we will persevere because we always do but um, yeah, it's weird It's weird to I think, think just, just right. when you think about hair and makeup and touch ups like the trailer yeah, yeah, I know I mean, yeah, and the my hair and makeup people like we're we've been together most of us for five years, I mean, those those people are, are very close friends of mine at this point because they're in your space all the time. But what does that look like? I don't know. Do we do our own? I can't be responsible for doing my own hair and makeup touch-ups. That would be a disaster.
0: Now, <laughs> there was a season finale that was written, but it wasn't filmed. Yes. Um. Wh- do you know anything that's to come with that? I mean, were you... What were you? What are your thoughts on this alternative ending that you guys had? I think we, we have a question from our managing editor. She wants
1: to know if you guys might just do a table read of the the season finale that didn't happen. Great question. I don't know whether we would be able to do that because I think there may
2: have been thought. And listen, I'm I'm speculating. I I don't know for sure. But but I don't know how much of that final script they wanted to just turn into the season one or the season six opener. I don't know how much of that will, will change. I don't know how much of it will stick to. I think it's kind of like nobody knows at this point and it could change, there's a million different ways. What I think is cool is, I remember we were shooting episode 21, supposed to be of 22, and that's when things were kind of starting to happen and, and things were starting to, you know, word was that things were starting to shut down And we got the call on like a Friday and it was like, hey, can you come clean out your trailer? We're done for the season, we're not doing the last episode. And we all were like, what do you mean? This isn't gonna make any sense. But when we started to think about it, it was like, no, this episode kind of, it kind of is a cliffhanger. You know, we know that it's setting up a large amount of change for everybody in the store, but certainly, you know, Amy and Jonah. And yeah, I'm, I'm curious, you know, I don't know whether that script will will we'll be exactly as it was. I don't know if it's going to change a little bit. I don't even know if they know. Again, it's like, you know, there's so much unknown in, in every, every walk of life that it's, I'm excited to see. I think that, it, I, I mean, in a way, there's nothing but
1: opportunity that this presents us, so.
0: Right. You
1: that's know. Good, that's a good I, positive way to look at things. Yeah. Now, what about, though, like for Shira, because do, could there be more animated, could we see more animated movies and TV shows?
2: Well, because- yeah, that's an interesting question, because I know that there are shows that are people are recording from home. Um, now, Shira's done, that That was season five, and that, that's the end of, of that series. But for other series, yeah, I do know that there are, I, I have friends who are on shows, and they're like, yeah, I go into my closet, and I Get my microphone out and I record an episode of the show. So I do feel like that is something that can definitely sustain and keep going. And and animation and animators are amazing, but I'm assuming that those capabilities would probably be able to be done from home as well. So I don't think the animation has, has stopped during this time for, from my limited knowledge anyway, which is, you know, great. We're gonna have a lot of great cartoon shows coming up. I'm like <laughs> yeah,
1: so
0: we, we could <laughs> have a lot more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, do you think the Superstore finale did justice to Amy? You know, obviously it's America's last season. Um, are you, you know, what is that going to look like as well, kind of without her? And were you able to kind of say goodbye to that character? Oh man. I mean, it was, it
2: was rough. It felt very abrupt. Um, they have, they have announced that America will be back for the beginning of season six because oh. we didn't really get to wrap up the story in in the way that they had wanted it. Um, and just the way the cliffhanger kind of ended, you need to see her again. It would be very odd, I think, to, for them. It's like, and then she just disappeared, you know? So, um, so I think it's going to be nice coming back into the season to get to tell that story as they want to tell it and wrap it up as they want to tell it. And, and also, there was no fanfare. That was the other thing. I mean, you know, America, we're all really good friends. And, and in the last day of shooting, it was actually her alone. There was a, it was a, a series of scenes that none of the main cast were in. And so she was on set by herself, and it was like, what a sad ending that would have yeah. been, you know, mm-hmm. on a, our, our, a personal real life level. So I'm, I'm excited for her, um, you know, selfishly to come back because I love her dearly and, and love working with her. But I'm, I'm, I also feel like, you know, we need to give her a little bit more of a send off than just a, you know, a wave oh, from across the parking oh, lot. Absolutely, and the
1: fans, the fans do too. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: I think that's great that they've, they've committed to to having her back. So, um, so they don't have to kind of like try and juggle what it would look like to justify her just suddenly being
1: gone. Now you, you're, you are good friends with her and she just had a baby, right? Yes. How is she doing? And um, you know, how did it all go? Because it, you know what a time to have to be in the hospital and to have a baby and to be coming home and trying to do all those new things when you're like scared to go to the store i know right
2: um she's doing great although you know it's funny uh she actually was a guest on my podcast giving it up for less uh we recorded over it's zoom <laughs> And it, it was literally, like, within days of her giving birth, which I was like, wow, I really got in right under the wire there having her on as a, as a guest, because I was like, once you have a an infant and she already has a um, a, a toddler, it's like, that's going to just become, I'm sure, chaos. Uh, but yeah, all I know is that she's healthy and well. They're very happy. They're they're holed up. I know her husband is very committed to, um, you know, ensuring the, the safety of any of the groceries coming into the house and those kinds of things. So... They're doing great they're doing great and I'm so happy for them it's 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 an exciting time um, a scary time I'm sure to be giving birth and again like you're saying being in hospitals and stuff like that but uh, I'm excited for her and and for the next chapter for her
1: hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank you mentioned your podcast, giving it up for less. Yeah. Um, for those who haven't like listened to your podcast yet, can you tell our listeners what you do on it? Cause it's a kind of very special podcast and people yeah. have to be very revealing on your podcast. Yeah. It's, it's about oversharing. So I'm kind of a chronic oversharer. It's,
2: it's become my personal brand somehow. Um, I just have no privacy, I guess, in, in terms of keeping things to myself, um, but I started this for that reason, and I thought it would be fun to have friends of mine on and, and colleagues and then also, you know, new people that I hadn't met before, and it's been so much fun. Everybody comes on. There's a theme for the episode. We tell stories, personal stories based on that theme, uh, and then there's a segment called Dumb Lies We Tell, uh, where I have listeners write in and tell me um, dumb lies that they've told in their lives, and my guests and myself will tell dumb lies. The one I always, example I always give was, one time I, I was trying to impress a group of younger girls, so I lied about my age by one year. I said I was one year younger than I was. That's, the, to me, the definition of a dumb lie. I get nothing out of that. I don't think it gained me any street cred with them. Like, it was so stupid. But I find that stuff really funny, you know? I think that we all, as humans... Find ourselves like why did I just say that? Why did I lie about that? And yeah. from doing the podcast, I got to tell you, everybody's told something. That's what I've learned. Um, and so it's been really great. I, Again, I've had so many great friends of mine on. A lot of Superstore colleagues. I've had Shira colleagues on, and. And uh, people say to me afterwards, they're like, I promised myself I wasn't going to be that personal on this thing. And you <laughs> just pulled it out of me. So it's been a really kind of like different creative outlet for me that I've really had a fun time doing. Well, it's
0: probably too are- during quarantine, you know, something to do, people to talk to. I like crazy <laughs> podcasts. Totally. And at first I was like, are we addressing the quarantine on this? And,
2: and it's obviously there. We talk about it a little bit, but then we just kind of get to it and, and do the podcast you know, as we would normally do it, which has been nice too. And I've I've gotten great feedback from listeners that they like the fact that it's like, it's quarantine content that isn't only about
1: quarantine, which I think is great. What are some of the themes of your oversharing that you have done? What have you overshared about? Oh, so many things. I mean, anything
2: can be a topic. This is what I always say. It's like, if the topic is holidays, it's like, I can tell you 18 stories of embarrassing stories that I've told. But recently on Mother's Day, I recorded an episode with my mom who is somebody that I tell stories about quite often on the podcast, and uh, it was great because she got a, a chance to address some of the stories that I had told about her and, and give her point of view. Um, but then we also told some pretty ridiculous stories. Uh, that that theme was overreactions because my mother is somebody who, bless, um, doesn't always react to things in a small manner. Um, <laughs> you know, so one time when I was a kid. Uh, a gentleman she was in a rush coming out of a grocery store she took a sh- her shopping cart she didn't put it back in the buggy in the, in the buggy corral which is not like us we normally put our carts back <laughs> but she was in a rush and she left it and this older gentleman saw this and he put the cart behind our car oh that's terrible Us in to teach her a lesson so and my mother in, in classic you know lauren ash's mother fashion she just gunned the engine and drove straight over a parking median that was in front of the car and dented oh. the oil pan underneath the car and stuff. Oh my but listen, God. It was, uh, it was worth it to see the look on that gentleman's face because <laughs> she seemed like a true psycho in that moment. <laughs> Delicious. She didn't get arrested? She did not get arrested. No. Arrested. There was no other cars involved, thank God.
1: That is wow. hilarious. What if? you know, that's such a jerky thing to do, what that oh. guy did. And who does put the shopping cart back? I mean, I do most of the time, but sometimes if it's freezing or it's raining, or if you've got like kids, you know, you've got, you're juggling your kids and your groceries. There's good reasons to kind of just put it in an empty spot, like, close by. Honey, Listen, that's bad what? etiquette. <laughs> oh, we're all only ever doing yeah, our best for sharing. <laughs> I, I have not always put it back.
2: Listen, after that experience as a child, I always put it back now. But that's mostly fear-based. That's a fear-based choice on my part. Um, but you know, I also believe that as humans, we're all only ever doing our best in the moment. I don't think that you know people are trying to be uh, you know, not thoughtful and stuff like that. Sometimes, you know, you're busy and you're, things get away from you, but that gentleman maybe was not doing his best in that moment. I think that gentleman was awesome. trying to be predictive, and, uh, he got his comeuppance when he watched <laughs> a
0: single mom <laughs> and her daughter flying through the air in a vehicle. <laughs> That's amazing. <Ridiculous. laughs> That's a great story. Um, Lauren, also, our managing editor, who is a big fan, um, would love for you to play Carol Baskin. Oh God! Listen, I hear you. I hear you.
2: I've been getting so many messages on social media every day since Tiger King came out. Every day, people are like, "Please play Carol Baskin." It's astounding. And then I'm like, I don't know what that says about me. I'm gonna just hope that it's <laughs> <I'm> gonna- <laughs> what you
1: say character actor, and they'd have to age her. me up. I'm like, you know, there is also a slight (laughs) age difference Maybe they just think it's because you like animals and you have a cat who wants to be a star.
0: And you have the good, like, center part and, like, a good face for a center part. Yeah, like, I can't do a center part.
2: You know, you cats and kittens, it's me, Carol, at Big Cat Rescue. Listen, I'm ready to go, okay? You call Nicolas Cage, be like, Nick, we've got the co-star for you. have your own Superstore? come on it's so good it would be such a joy i listen i was so tiger king was such a phenomenon it came at the perfect time in this quarantine like it really we watched my boyfriend and i watched the whole thing through twice in like three days like it was just like i was like i have to see it again i was (laughs) like i can't believe that this is real and i'm glad we rewatched it because there was things i missed in the first viewing because it was like, your you're, you're jaw's on the floor, like, is this real? I mean, it's, a, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating character study.
1: Well, so you are ready. I mean, you would be the perfect pick. I'm
2: ready to go, I'm ready to go. Let me get out some leopard print, put a blonde wig on me, I'm ready. Put me in, coach. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. Now, you also were, um, weren't you on like a, a kind of a, a show, an event? um, for Beverly Hills dogs, and that you had your two chihuahuas. I
2: I've only brought one chihuahua with me. Um, my one chihuahua, Peaches, has social anxiety, and, uh, uh-huh. so she stayed home. Um, but yes, that aired actually last night on NBC. I was in attendance with my dog, Fox, who is <laughs> the most well-behaved dog on the planet. Like, he really is so chill, just such an easy not dog-like, if that makes sense. He's more of a cat. And so we took him and we were sitting in the front row during the best of show judging. (laughs) And out of nowhere, this noise comes out of him that I've never heard before. He's literally like, (laughs) what is happening? And he just lost his mind. I don't know whether it was one of the dogs, if it was all of the dogs, I have no idea. But literally there is a moment that you can see where the camera shows my boyfriend and I in the crowd, and I just kept saying, just keep smiling, (laughs) just keep smiling, because we were holding on to him so hard, because I was like, if he jumps off my lap and goes for one of those dogs, like, this is not the end of the story that we want here. Like, this could be a disaster. Not that I think he would have, you know, attacked a dog or anything like that, but it would definitely have thrown a wrench into the the pomp and circumstance of the Beverly Hills Dog Show. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe he was crushing on a dog could have been could have been but it was like i honestly have never seen this side of him ever i was shocked i was like you're the dog who like doesn't react to anything you just lay on the couch all day and now he's just like ah!
1: and he, he must like, have wanted to get out there and to be partaking of best in show he wanted you to to join he was in robbed, and he knew it he, he knew that it could have been him. yeah he wow and, and he now your dogs are Chihuahuas. Where yeah. did you get them?
2: I rescued Fox from a rescue called Dogs Without Borders <laughs> in Los Angeles. They, they're amazing. They pull dogs from shelters and then find them foster homes and then adopt them out. And I adopted my dog Peaches from an LA rescue called Friends of Milo. And they specifically rescue senior dogs and, and ill dogs and kind of give them the care that they need and rehabilitate them and, and give them homes. And actually right now, Friends of Milo is doing a fundraiser uh, with masks that have my dog Peaches on them, which I'm very excited about. There's a little cartoon drawing of her. Um, And if you buy one, then the organization also donates one to medical professionals. So it's like a cool
1: double, you're doing a double charitable action if you buy one, which is great. And you also like really stand up for chihuahuas because you feel that they've gotten a bad rap. They do get a bad rap. They're the second most euthanized most used
2: most euthanized breed in uh, in North America. Um, they do get a bad rap. I think there there's kind of the perception that they're bitey and they're yappy and all of those kinds of things. And people also tend there was a trend for a long time because they're so little, people would buy them and like put them in their purse or whatever yeah, and Paris Hilton style, Paris Hilton style exactly and. That's not really, and then they'll get bored. They would get bored of the the dogs, and and then there's so many dogs that are not trained that are getting put back into the shelter system, that a lot of them, you know, again over the years, they they're just they're they're high kill high kill numbers. And you know, my experience with Chihuahuas is is that they're ins- insanely loyal, very loving, super smart, hilarious, also. Um, and for for a lot of people, you know, I I now have committed that I'm for the rest of my life, I'm only going to adopt senior dogs. I mean, especially as someone who like, I don't have time to train a puppy. I don't have time for the energy of a puppy. I can't recommend enough. An older dog comes and they're, they're awesome. They just want to like cuddle with you and, and
1: sleep for the rest of their lives, which to me is like, what a gift. We both win. (laughs) Um, You know, in case you covered this um, already when I was, when my, computer blew out i just want to go back to shira for a minute because i think what we were talking about is so important about having these princesses and traditionally princesses were always the ones getting rescued by the you know the brave and charming prince but these are princesses that um have power and they've taken power into their own hands and their destiny into their own hands do you feel like i feel that myself like that there's been good female role models for you know fair bit of time on television and film, not enough, but there have been. But when do you think this is really going to start impacting society? Because I still feel like we're in such a male-dominated society. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Uh, I, you know, it's a great question because I would think I would, if you would ask me this ten years ago, I would have said. Surely by 2020 we will have right. made the real headway. But the truth of the matter is, is that it's two I feel it's two steps forward and it's one step back. Um and that means to me that you there's no time for complacency. I feel like, you know, misogyny is so rampant, like truly it it really it's pervasive. It is it is um it's it's woven into the human experience in a way that people don't realize. And I think that it requires every level, but certainly programming like what Shira is doing um, at that level for something that is, you know, obviously geared towards children who are our future, as the song once said very famously. Um, but it's at every level. We, we have to continue to fight that fight and and not give up and not get complacent and not feel like oh well we are making some headway or that feeling of like oh is it too much are we still you know should i maybe tone down the feminism or whatever it's like no we don't have that option certainly not in the current climate of of in in, in my opinion politically uh currently so i think you know it's it's a great question it's a sad question to have to ask like when are we actually going to make real progress. Um, But I think, you know, every little bit counts and every little bit of positivity and keeping that messaging out there counts. And uh, I mean, I I personally, you know, have to be remain hopeful and and vigilant that we have to keep telling our stories and we have to keep spreading that message. And eventually, hopefully in our lifetimes, we see some real shift.
1: Really hope so in our lifetimes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I know, I know, and I totally agree with you. It seems like we go forward a couple of steps and then we go back and that right now that we're almost in a reactionary period. And I just hope that, that girls and young women seeing shows like that, that multiplied, you know, multiplied by having strong female role model images Will start to pay off not just for women but for men too because they have men have to see women in in popular culture being strong and and as leaders. Yeah,
2: absolutely, absolutely. I I, I couldn't agree more, and I feel like you know obviously uh, for me I uh, the, the last U.S. presidential election is proof to me that we have a lot more work to do. So we have to. We have to, again, remain vigilant and not give up in in continuing to spread that messaging in any way possible.
1: Well, um, we really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Telling us how you're doing. I'm glad that you've got, that you're so busy. I mean, I do, we're all like waiting. I kind of think breathlessly because we know that people like yourselves in the entertainment world are kind of... uh, you're on hold for a bit, but you can plan. Yeah, and we're going to really look forward to the next season of Superstore whenever it happens. We're glad that you can continue your podcast. That's a great yeah. meeting. and um, we want to hear more about your quarantine life. And I know you're going to be talking to Allie a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> thank you. It's awesome. so
1: Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This has been such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, and everyone tune in to see the see Shira and the Princesses of Power on Netflix, and giving it up for less on Lauren Ash's podcast. Perfect.
0: Thank you.
1: Bye.